Last week, I explored the big three emotions that might be arising for many of us during this time of the COVID-19 pandemic. They are anger, anxiety, and sadness. And it really occurred to me afterwards, as I was reflecting upon all that, that actually the predominant emotion for me at the moment is one of sadness. And so I thought we might spend a little bit of time exploring sadness, perhaps building an empathic bridge to our sad selves, and also starting to think about how we might offer ourselves compassion during this time. It's an interesting question. What is self-compassion when it comes to the sad self? What is self-compassion for me? What might be self-compassion for you? They may even be a little bit different, but more about that a bit later. Hi, I'm Dr. Stan Steindl, and I've really been noticing lately just how sad I feel about a whole range of aspects to the situation that we all find ourselves in. The high rate of new cases around the world every day, the climbing number of lives lost, and the economic losses that many, many people are experiencing during this time. And the very personal things, like my daughter's 18th birthday that's coming up very soon and she'll just have to celebrate that at home with us. Sadness is about loss and grief and disappointment and regret and missing or yearning. In Portuguese, they have a very beautiful and unique word that helps to describe some of the things that many of us are going through at the moment. Sordage is the deeply felt sense of longing or yearning for an absent something or someone that one cares for or loves and which one hopes will return while at the same time not knowing when and knowing that the object of one's longing may never return. If I remember rightly, the origins of the word are from a time when the Portuguese were sending out ships to explore the world and sailors were leaving their lovers behind who'd wait on the docks, yearning for the ship's return, wondering when or if they would ever see their lovers again. For me, Sodaji is a part of the sad self. Happy that I'm able to still see loved ones online or on video conferencing, but also deeply, deeply missing being able to be in their physical presence. What are the feelings of the sad self for you? Is it disappointment or sorrow or regret or dismay or despair or despondency? This is one place to start when we want to explore our sad self. What are the nuanced emotions that might be associated with this part of you? Next, we consider the thoughts of the sad self. I've noticed for me, it's a lot of thoughts about I wish or if only. I have a tradition of picking up my niece Molly from school every Monday and I notice myself thinking I wish I could pick up Molly again. What are the thoughts of the sad self for you? Maybe even just jot a few things down. And how about the bodily sensations of the sad self? 
I totally notice a kind of heaviness, a weight and a fatigue or weakness and my shoulders are slumped and my head bowed down. What happens in your body when sad self comes to the fore? Next, I've noticed that when my sad self is running the show, my attention shifts inward to a focus on remembering, especially remembering past joys and the fact that those joys are now lost. Where do you find the attention of the sad self going? Is it inward and to the past, perhaps to losses or regrets? And then the sad self can have a whole range of behaviours or urges to behave. I find that my urges are towards withdrawing, curling up, hiding away. What are some of the behavioural urges that you experience as part of the sad self? So what's the motive of all this? What's the motive of the sad self? Well, for me, it seems to be twofold. Firstly, it's about grieving the loss. And secondly, it's about a return to care and connection. Of course, this can be different for us all. That just seems to be the motive of the sad self for me. What do you think might be the motive behind the sad self for you? And so what to do? Well, I shift my body into a compassionate posture. I bring warmth and friendliness to my face and my inner voice tones. And I start to slow down my breathing, slowing the body, slowing the mind. Then I begin to connect with compassionate wisdom that we just have these tricky brains and that sadness really is a part of that. And I find that strength and stability in the body based on the posture, based on the breathing, and then finally try to engage with a commitment to be helpful. What does my sad self really need right now? What would be most helpful? What would soothe the sad self as well as really support my own well-being? Not easy questions, and sometimes they require some careful thought. For me, it's a bit of a combination. First, it's about offering the sad self time, not pushing it away or trying to suppress it, but rather listening, understanding, validating that part of me and scheduling time in to do that every day. Second, it's about maintaining routine and structure, especially with my connections, trying to do the best I can with what I've got. It's about keeping in touch with people where I can and celebrating the little things, trying to maintain a sense of gratitude for what I have. Again, not easy. But I do find that, for me, self-compassion is about building an empathic bridge to my sad self, bringing gentleness and care to that part of me, as well as finding meaning and purpose in the life that I am living now. But what might be self-compassion for the sad self, for you? It really can be whatever you need, whatever would be most helpful for you. I appreciate you watching this video and I appreciate all you're doing to try to get through this difficult time. 
It's really tough and sadness makes complete sense. And I wish you all the very best as you continue hand in hand with your sad self on your compassionate journey.